This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Jameis Winston just said a cuss word on the sidelines. More about that coming up in a little bit. And also, Steeler fans were wrong, but I'm going to let them think they're right. And I take aim with the safety off. At Andrew Filipponia, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Joining us right now, the great Sean Hyken. This guy knows about basketball, folks. This guy knows his basketball. Sean Hyken, Bleach Report NBA, joining us right now on the hotline. Uh, I want to run something by you, Sean. First off, Sean, good afternoon and Merry Christmas to you, friend. Or good, good happy holidays, I should say. How you doing? Thanks a lot. Thank you. Sean, let me throw you throw by something, and, and you're allowed to call me stupid. You know a hell of a lot more about basketball than I do, okay? You ready? All right. The midseason tournament, I got an idea for it. I want to okay. take the – I want to take the – he goes, okay, let's hear this, dummy. Okay. So you got the top four teams on each side, okay? You take those out, okay? So, so Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Toronto. Then Los Angeles, Denver, the Clippers, the Mavericks. Okay, one through four each. I take them, I put them in a separate tournament. Then I take the other 22 teams. Now, I don't know how to do the math on, on how to figure it out and maybe who gets a buy or whatever. But in the midseason tournament, we take the All-Star game, we get rid of it. We make the midseason tournament where the All-Star game is, put it in place, you name an All-Star team, whatever. We have the tournament in one city throughout a week. They play one game, they go after each other. In the, the pool of 22... The winner of that tournament, if they make the playoffs, they got to make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they get home court advantage throughout, and they get the number one overall pick in next year's draft. That's the winner of that tournament. Okay, the top four of each side. Now I don't know how this one works out. I didn't think it all the way through. That's why I need you. If they win the tournament, they get. Obviously, they got to make the playoffs. They get the home court advantage throughout. And, yeah, they would be able to, to beat the five seed. I would just assume the five seed wins. Who knows? Or six seed, whatever. They get home court advantage throughout over the other one. And they get the number two overall pick. How horrible of an idea is this? How good of an idea is this? Start with the horrible. Well, I think the, the, the main thing, I mean, look, look, it, it's definitely interesting. Because, I mean, I think the thing that I'm... Uh... Thinking about here is like you know you, if you have a tournament between like the you know the the top eight teams in the in the league the top four in each conference you know you were already like we watched these games like we watched this uh, Lakers Bucks game the other night and we were like oh this is going to be an awesome finals preview or you know we watched uh, you know the, every Lakers Clippers game it's like oh this is going to be great when it's the conference finals and you've already had those uh, you know you you had those teams all play each other in this midseason tournament that kind of takes some of the excitement out of events seeing them all play in the playoffs you, you kind of the idea is you kind of hope that 
you know, you don't get to see the Lakers and the Bucks until the finals, and that makes that exciting. I wonder if that's going to take a little bit away from uh, the actual playoffs and the excitement it, with, with seeing these teams kind of match up against each other in a series for the first time. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I don't have a perfect solution for any of these midseason tournament things. I've kind of gone back and forth. I think it would be kind of interesting to try it out. I, I, I respect the NBA is trying stuff. I think it's cool that they're, you know, that they're, they're not just resting on their laurels, but I don't know if I've heard a solution yet that I think is just completely perfect. Damn it, I'm trying, Sean. I'm trying. I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get two birds stoned at once. I'm trying to. Get, I'm trying to find a champion or something fun in the in the midseason, and I'm trying to eliminate tanking the the best way I possibly can. And I don't know if I can accomplish either. Well, the thing about making the the draft incentivized, like, like what, what, where are the players going to be? Like, players aren't going to be incentivized by, oh, we're no, going to hire a draft pick. That just means somebody is going to come in and try to take my job. Like, yes, I don't think are. the players are going to be like, like, I mean, that, that's going to be an incentive for the GMs and the and maybe the coaches who want to add more talent. But like, the GMs and the coaches aren't the ones playing. You know, what what is you know, let, let's say like what like Chris Middleton is not motivated by like oh, my God, like, we have to get, a, you know, a top pick in the draft because then we have somebody who might take minutes from me or take my job. Like, I, yeah. I, I, that's not really how play is. Sean Eichen joining us on the show from Bleacher Report. Fine. I guess I'm still stupid. Uh, at Hyken on Twitter. Okay, so you watched the Bucks and Lakers the other night. What did you get of that, that game? Well, I mean, if Giannis is even league average at shooting three-pointers, it's you know, there's not really a whole lot you can do with it because if you think about, you know, last year in the playoffs, the way that Toronto were able to beat them in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals is they were kind of able to, you know, they, you know, they, they knew that you know, Giannis wasn't a threat to shoot from the outside, so they kind of made him attack and they tried to cut him off there and then you know, they kick it out to, you know, some of these other shooters, Middleton, Bledsoe, you know, whoever. And, you know, you kind of make people beside Giannis beat you. If Giannis can shoot threes now at even a respectable rate, it means he's, he's shooting like 34 35% from three right now. It's not like he's, you know, Steph Curry out there. But if you even have to have someone guarding him, like that just opens up so much more for them. What did you think of Kevin Garnett's comments earlier this week about LeBron? I mean, I think I think you kind of just generally speaking, you're gonna whenever somebody is you, you know is, is you know a retired guy, they're always gonna be trying to say, oh, well, you know, my guy was, you know, my, my era was better, my team was better. Like, here's the thing, like like Kevin Garnett approved the trade from Minnesota to Boston because he was tired of trying to win by himself. So like if if his if the Celtics in 2010 supposedly quote unquote broke LeBron and made him go to Miami and team up with Wayne Wade and Chris Bosh, like. You know, Kevin Garnett is being a little bit hypocritical there, but I'm not. I'm not really losing too much sleep about an old guy, you know, talking trash about you know somebody from his era or like like, oh, my team would have won if like like that. That just kind of happens all the time now. Because the reason I bring it up, he, we we still find ourselves everything encompasses LeBron. We talk about him, and I know you're in a different realm because you know basketball people. You talk to basketball people all the time, but when we do it, it's 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 tentacles. It's LeBron, and then there's tentacles there. And I watched the other night, I see Giannis, and what you said about Giannis is true. Can he, is is he, yes or no, is he the next one to get the torch, the proverbial torch from LeBron? I want to start there first and go another place with it, but answer that one first. In terms of, I mean, he's the reigning MVP. I think he's probably the favorite to win MVP again this year. So, like, you kind of have to look at it. And he's also, like, he's not that old. He's 25, 24, 25, I don't know if he's exact age in front of me, but you know, he's mm-hmm. young enough that he still has his peak ahead of him. Like, yeah, I mean, you do have to look at Giannis and say just physically there's really nothing anybody can do with him, and he's going to be the next dominant guy. I mean, Luka Doncic is a little bit younger than him, and, you know, he's maybe the other guy that you can point at. But Giannis right now, I think Giannis is the guy. Does he have to be in another city, though, 
Not necessarily. Like, I think, I think he could, you know, I, I, I don't, I think if Milwaukee makes the finals this year, is probably a chance he, uh, he ends up resigning. I, I can't pretend to know what Giannis is going to do. I don't think he needs to be in another city, though. Well, because I, I go back to um, uh, the Andrews report. When they get bounced out of the postseason last year, the report comes out that, hey, he might be gone after next year. They got to make a serious run there. And it comes out before he's even off the floor. Like that to me tells me somebody in his camp said this. Somebody in his camp made this like uh, apparently clear. Is this a sign to keep everybody on the up and up in Milwaukee, or is this a possibility where, yeah, he, he may very well be uh, may may be may very well be thinking of other places, and there might be people around him who push him to other places. Maybe I mean I don't pretend to know what he's going to do. He could leave. He could stay. I don't think it's a done deal either way. That you know he's definitely staying. I think if Milwaukee you know makes a serious run gets finals or you know wins a championship i think that would certainly increase their uh you know their chances of keeping him but then you know if if they lose in the second round or something this year then maybe you know he, he looks around and says you know maybe i need to go somewhere else i go I, it's so far out at this point and i i kind of i kind of wish we could just you know enjoy what Giannis is doing right now it's almost like 18 months until he actually hits free agency so i i, I you know we, we've got plenty of time to worry about that i almost kind of wish we could just enjoy what he's doing right now and not just have it 100 percent be focused on oh well where is he going to be playing in 18 months is he going to be trying to get to a bigger market or is he going to end up st- like like I, I don't know i i think what he's doing right now is pretty fun to watch and i you know personally as a fan i would prefer to just kind of focus on that we'll worry about the free agency stuff when we worry about that do you are you find yourself surprised by what Toronto has started out doing without Kawhi Leonard still twenty and eight? Not really. I kind of I said I said before the uh, season that I thought they still had a chance to win the East without him. I now I mean obviously I think they you know going to take a step back coming up with Marcus Gasol and Pascal Siakam out for a little bit and who knows what they're going to do with Kyle Lowry at the trade deadline. But I mean the team is so deep and they're so well coached and. During the season, it's not like Kawhi Leonard was the only guy that was doing anything. You know, during the season, they were just sort of, uh, uh, it, like, like, you know, they, they, they rested him so much, they load managed him so much during the season that they, uh, you know, they had so much experience playing without him that, you know, now he leaves, he goes to the Clippers. He was obviously their best player, so they're going to take mm. a step back. But they, it's not like they have, these guys have no experience playing without him. So I'm not really surprised by what they were doing. Who's been your di- biggest disappointment so far throughout this year? As far as the team? Yeah. Uh, Portland, maybe just because I'm, uh, you know, I'm based out here. I see them a lot, but I mean, it just, you know, you, you know, coming off making the uh, Western Conference Finals, I know it took a lot of luck for them to get there, but uh, they, you know, I thought they'd be better. And I also, you know, I also thought uh, Utah would be better too. You know, Mike Conley, the way that, you know, he, I mean, he, and he's been injured lately, but, you know, he has definitely taken a step back from Houston, uh, from the uh, Memphis years. Like, I those are a couple of teams that come to mind quickly for me. Yeah, man, I, I thought Utah would be better too, and I think you're right about what you said about Mike Conley. What, what what's the mix? Is it just because maybe some like the Lakers are back and 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 Denver's still good and the Clippers are better? Is that just part of it? Maybe there's something better at the top, and so it doesn't look as good. Or what have you been seeing other than Conley? What what else have you been seeing with Utah? I just think the mix. I mean. I mean, I think it's like you're integrating him and then also uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. You know, you're, you're integrating new guys into the mix. All like Donovan Mitchell is still kind of trying to figure out, okay, am I going to be, you know, the number one guy or am I going to, you know, like it's just, it's just a whole lot of stuff to throw in there at once. And then, you know, they've had injuries. Conley's been in and out lineup. Like it, it's, it's just kind of a lot of, it's one of, it's, a, they're just one of those teams. I mean, there's a, one or two of these teams every year where you expect a team and maybe a younger team 
uh, you expect them to take a leap, and then it just kind of doesn't happen for whatever reason. That, there's, there's usually one of those one or two of those teams every year, and I think this year Utah is that. Sean Hyken with us from the Bleacher Report. What would you do with Ben Simmons? What's going on? I think he'll be fine. I think I think it's really easy to just kind of freak out over, uh, you know, just you know he has a couple of bad games and suddenly it's oh well is Ben Simmons overrated? Like should they trade Ben Simmons? I mean I don't think they should not trade Ben Simmons. I think you always need to look at that kind of stuff. But I'm just I'm not really ready to just completely write off Ben Simmons the disappointment the way that you know I've I've obviously seen the discussions about that over the last 24 hours after the game that he had yesterday. And I just I don't know I'm I'm not ready to completely write it off yet. Man, when I read that tweet from Kevin O'Connor, I mean, that ripped him apart the other day. And I'm going, man, I sometimes I, I, I tend to agree. Because I, I, maybe I get tired of it. Sean, go with me on this. Because you just said it. Every time you hear about Ben Wells, I almost get tired of it. So anytime I keep hearing about Ben Simmons struggling and how it's always hit the panic alarm, hit the panic alarm, got to get rid of him, got to move on. The process is not the process anymore. Okay, fine. You guys keep talking about it. Just find a way to trade him this February, and let's get the hell out of here with this. Well, I think there some of the urgency with it is that the fact that you know he was the culmination of the process, quote unquote. And I know that you know Sam Hinkie was gone by the time that they actually drafted him. That was the season that he was sort of forced out by the league. Uh, but uh, you know the fact that you know he was the number one pick that they ended up getting, and then you know MB came on after that. You know in terms of getting back from the injuries, like those are their two guys. Like like they're kind of you know everybody's kind of invested in. Oh well, they were terrible on purpose for so many years to get these two guys, and so now this has to work out, or else the process is a failure. And then so when it doesn't work out, then or at least it doesn't work out as smoothly as maybe they hoped it would. Then you know it, it, there's maybe a higher propensity to be disappointed by it, but I I still think he's he's so talented and he's so you know he's so good at the things that he's good at that I just, I have to think he's going to be fine at some point. It's never too early to say this. I know you didn't want to talk about it with Giannis, but now I got to ask you: What's the trade market going to be like? Is this going to be a quiet trade deadline coming up here in about what's fifty something days, or is this going to be something that gets louder and louder as time goes on? It's hard to get a read on because it's like. Usually by now we kind of know who's good and who's not and which teams are going to be buyers, which teams are going to be sellers, which teams are trying to rebuild and which teams are trying to make a run for the playoffs. You know, we're here like less than a week before Christmas. There's like some teams, like we know who like a few of the top contenders are, whether that's, you know, the two L.A. teams, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, whoever. Like we know those teams, but then there are still some in the beginning. Like is Portland going to, you know, make a move, you know, make make a bigger move to try to bring someone in and try to make a run for the playoffs? Is uh, Toronto going to try to stick stick with it or are they going to like, you know, trade Kyle Lowry, maybe take a step back? I don't know. Like there's still a bunch of teams that still don't really know what they're going to be. And the other thing is that like this coming off season there aren't really a ton of free agents out there. 2021 is the Giannis, uh, Kawhi, Paul George. Like, there's a lot of guys coming up that offseason, and so I think a lot of teams are saving cap space for then. This year, like, you know, the only, like, superstar on the, that's technically a free agent is Anthony Davis, but obviously at this point I don't think anybody thinks there's any way he isn't going to stay with the Lakers. But, like, this, so it's not like this year, like, teams are trying to clear cap space to go after guys this summer, so, so it's not like, you know, there's going to be a ton of, like, expiring money moving around. I, I don't, like, I still just have no idea. I think there are going to be some moves made. I don't, I, just, I don't know which. Sean, we thank you very much for the time, brother. All the very best. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you, Sean Hyken. At Hyken on Twitter from the Bleach Report. 855-2124-CBS. Great stuff with him. I, I know that I can't find a way to incentivize it to the players. I, th- I definitely can incentivize it to the fans. I just see a team. I do have a soft spot for the Pacers. The Pacers have never tanked, and they've never mattered. 
Except for when Reggie Bush was or Reggie Bush. When Reggie Miller was there, they mattered. Reggie Bush. When Reggie Miller was there, they mattered. But over the last 20 years, they've never tanked, but they've never mattered. They should be rewarded for for being a good solid franchise. I know the Paul George stuff got weird and the owner got involved instead of the general manager. They almost lost their way there. But they've never tanked. They've always tried to put butts in seats the good, honest way, the American way of of trying and scratching out that living. And anytime you look, death, taxes, and the Indiana Pacers being a five seed. It's as solid as it is. It's the nice missionary of the NBA. It's the job done. In the end, it's a crowd pleaser. They're just not going to be too loud. That's what I see in the Indiana Pacers. Click on any year, about a five seed. I want a team like that to be rewarded. I want a team like that to be able to win a midseason tournament, get a number one. Doesn't mean they're going to go the next year and win, but they take that guy, and all of a sudden, now you're cooking because in two, three, four years, that kid's hopefully, hopefully, going to be at his zenith. Or you struggle with him the next year. Not struggle, but he struggles to come along. You go and you win the midseason tournament. The next year, you get another primetime player. All of a sudden, you're the dynasty of the decades. And you deserve it since you've never tanked. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, the fans were wrong in Pittsburgh, but I'm going to let them act like they're right. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. You want to know what the number is to call in? 855-212-4227. You know who brings it to you? Geico. You save 15% or more on car insurance just by a 15-minute phone call to the good folks at Geico. Do it. I'm telling you. Can you imagine how much money you'll have next year on all these holiday gifts if you just switch to Geico? 15% or more, man. Go to geico.com, brother. Or sister, whoever you are. 855-212-4227. The fans in Pittsburgh were wrong, but you know what? I'm going to let them think they're right. Because you can't have, you're either one way or the other. And ultimately, you get to reap the rewards. Well, you're 8-6, and six, you might not be in the playoffs. But ultimately, you get to reap the rewards. I'm going to rip my buddy. He is my buddy, even though he tried to make me look like a real big piece of garbage this week. Tom, or Tom, Billy, did anybody, use, anyone of you guys see that? No. Aditi went on his show, and I did not say any of that. And she goes, yeah, Ken said I put on a little weight after I had my baby. And she was saying it as a joke. She oh, said it as a joke. Okay. And all of a sudden, I tried to call in. They wouldn't take my call. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't take your call. No, they wouldn't. Wait, what do you whoa. mean they wouldn't take your it's call? It's all documented on the internet. You can go ahead and look. Go look on that website, Twitter. Who said that? Aditi. Aditi Kinkabwala, NFL Network. She got in all kinds of trouble on your show this week, too. Yes, yeah, she did. It's <laughs> probably why she said it. Because he was on with she was on with them on Wednesday. She said what she said with us on Tuesday. There was some strong stuff there. Who who told you in Pittsburgh that you couldn't go on the air? When you they did. There? I was Who's texting they? them both. The, oh, oh, okay. the yeah, Chris said, Chris Muller and Andrew Filipponi, brother. Yeah, the two of them said to you, "Don't call in." No, I was call. I was trying to go. What's your number? They go. We got picks coming up. I go. That's a trash throwaway oh, segment. Everybody who listens on. to sports radio knows it. Put me on the air right now to to address this situation. Oh, they wouldn't do it. I took a screenshot. I said, "Pick my, pick up the phone, you filth," because I found the number and I called in. They wouldn't answer. <laughs> then Mueller answered. He was laughing. Basically, hung up on me. And then they went through their pick segment. The thing's not even sponsored. What are you doing doing a pick segment? I miss our and, pick segment. 
unless you That's are, and I don't even like doing the pick. I don't even like doing picks. Next year, we're not doing picks. We'll preview the games. No picks. No spreads. If you're listening to Ken Carmen to figure out a way to figure out if you want to bet on Buffalo or New England, you deserve to be poor. How's that for a hot take, Tommy boy? I hate. I just, I'm sorry. I just hate pick segments. I don't know how it got so south of you on that this year. Oh my god, I just hate I like them. I things. think that they're throwaway. Co- we, you know, we no. talked about the line movement. We talked about the, where but the we public still, bets are. We still fell in the we still fell in the trap, and it's got to be better for next year. I refuse to do it. I'm not falling into the trap. We'll go back. We'll make it better for 2020. What's the trap? I don't know, but it felt like a trap. Okay, it's a trap. Yeah. Eight five five two one two four CBS. You throw out the number, you move on. That's how it works around here. But Pony went, Pony was on the air ripping me. Put it on Twitter. I put it on back. It was a big joke, basically. But I get the last laugh because Pony's not going to be on until after week seventeen, and I'm on right now. So if you're listening to ninety three seven The Fan and you want to mark this down and bring it up to Pony later on, or you want to go to Radio.com Rewind and go find it there, you can go do it there and play it for Pony later on if you can find it. Because Andrew Filipponi had all you Steelers fans in a row for the last how many years? Mike Tomlin should be fired. You know what's holding back this team? Mike Tomlin. You know who can't read or write? Mike Tomlin. You know who gets in the way of people trying to trying to run down the sideline? Mike Tomlin. You know who talks out his ass because he's talking about social media while AB's on social media in the locker room after they win? Mike Tomlin. You know who didn't flush the toilet? Mike Tomlin. You know who the Steelers should fire? Mike Tomlin. He was over there doing it. Well, you know what? He got all you people going. All you Steelers fans who wanted Mike Tomlin fired, but you're the same group of folks calling my ass up and ripping me every single Sunday night when we were on Sunday night and then calling me earlier this summer and ripping me over the AB thing over this last summer and over last winter because of that whole thing. You can't be right on both counts. You can't tell me you don't want Mike Tomlin there. And then tell me you'll be better off without A.B. and without Le'Veon Bell. Because you are. You are better off without A.B. and Le'Veon Bell. Without your best wide receiver and without your best running back, you've been better off. You've been 8-6. and And you were without Ben Roethlisberger. So for a second, you thought that you were going to be right. You can't have it both ways. You were wrong. Or if you were one of the people going after Filippone for it, then congratulations. You were actually right about that. Because what did I find out this season? We found out a lot of things. That 2019 was the year of the coach and that Mike Tomlin ain't holding anything back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He lost the locker room. He lost the players. Well, I guess you guys just happen to find some sort of leader in some sort of culture over there. Boy, I guess you guys just don't have a culture or don't have a leader. Maybe somebody had to step up and be a leader of men and establish a culture within the Pittsburgh Steelers. Enough about Joe Hayden. Enough about David DeCastro or Marquise Pouncey. Those are very important players. You were wearing duck costumes to the game last Sunday night. You can't even pronounce what college he went to correctly. And you wanted Mike Tomlin fired last year. Holy Toledo. So you're 8-6. and six. Ben Roethlisberger goes down. You could still make the playoffs. Ben Roethlisberger can't barely throw and has put on 30 pounds since the beginning of the season. For whatever reason, they got mad about that like they don't have eyes. Folks, Real recognize real, fat recognize fat. If I see fat, I'm going to say fat. He's gotten big. 
So Ben Roethlisberger's on the sidelines. He may never play again. We don't know. He'll be back. He'll be 38 years old. But let's talk about this year. You're 8-6. Your wide receiver core has been up and down, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Juju's been good. Juju's been bad. Juju's been out. James Conner's been out. He's been banged up. Your defense has been solid, but Dupree has played very, very well and has finally blossomed into the player that he he was supposed to be, where he's drafted would be, because before I used to think it was popcorn muscles. T.J. Watts helped that out. The secondary has helped that out. Devin Bush has helped that out. There's a lot of things to be excited about there when it comes to that defensive roster. But offensively, you had Mason Rudolph, which some of you fine folks said was the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, and I told you back when they drafted him you were wrong. I'm telling you right now you're wrong. He doesn't have the mental makeup. He ain't good enough. Then Duck Hodges steps in there. Finally, a defense figures him out. He's still not horrible, even though last Sunday was horrible. But you were still wearing Duck costumes to the football game on Sunday night. Boy, you must have one hell of a leader and one hell of a culture to be able to get to nine, to eight and six some way somehow. I wonder who it could be. So while you are right, and I'll give you credit, and you're a fan of the football team, so you can reap the reward anyway. You can't sit here and act like I don't remember. Because when you were calling me up last January saying Tomlin should be out on his ass, saying this ain't going to work, then blaming it on AB, then blaming it on Lev Bell, who'd rather go bowling than play for his football team, when you were doing that, guess who was there to pick up the pieces? Mike Tomlin. Maybe a thank you would be in order. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, brought to you by GEICO. Fine folks, save money right now. There's great news. Switch to GEICO, 15 minutes. That's all it is, man, 15 minutes. It can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Just think about the gifts next year you can give, saving 15% on your car insurance. It's fabulous. I told you, I get the boots put to me. That guy's technically family. I think I get the boots put to me because he's family. Because it's like close family friend type of thing. So like, oh, okay, fine. I'm like, yeah, you go on down there to the Saxon Club. Have a few more on me. All right. Good job. 855-212-4227. So don't be like me. Go get Geico. Okay, the fine folks will take care of you. Good stuff. Uh, also, speaking of the family thing, a lot of people are picking up on what I said about Home Alone. Tom brought it up. Tom wanted to bring it up. He ended up in a phone call with somebody because I said this confirms it's a mob movie. It really is. And and honestly, John Hughes was so brilliant. I think that this is there are so many undertones that if I watch it from here before my Christmas Eve show, three to six p.m. Eastern on right here on CBS Sports Radio, hint hint, that I could probably find even more comparisons between that and The Godfather. Again, Michael, Peter. Frank, Fredo, Kate McAllister, Kate is not that far from Kay, you have an older brother who wants to be in charge, I'm smart, he can't be in charge, he's cheap, and I think that Harry and Marv are hired contract killers to try to go after Kevin, because you aren't giving that crime family, you're not giving it to Buzz. Buzz is an idiot. You don't put Buzz in charge of things. And he's not even Tommy Boy where Tommy had a heart of gold and could still know people. Buzz doesn't even know people. You can tell. Buzz sucks. Buzz right now is in his 40s. Hopefully he's taking orders from kids he bullied in school. Hopefully his wife resents him if he even has one. Hopefully he's divorced. 
Hopefully Buzz is divorced because I don't want his wife with him. Buzz is a piece of garbage. Let's just be serious about it here. Buzz is a bad brother. Buzz is a bad friend. Buzz is a bad person. And he's not smart enough. All those things could possibly be okay in the mob. He's not smart enough to run the mob. Kevin is smart. Look at what he did with that house. There are grown men who don't know what to do with paint thinner. Kevin had it. Kevin was ready to go. And in both movies, I don't know how he was able to move a piece of iron over where he could then tie rope to it and then throw it over his head. That might be a little bit weird in number two that nobody wants to recognize but still, he was able to get the job done. Hell, if we're honest about it, if they could fall off a kerosene, a rope dipped in kerosene, and still not have their head cracked open on the sidewalk in New York City, I guess we can stretch the boundaries of possibilities for a moment, now can't we? But Kevin was able to do that. Kevin's smart, and Frank was trying to take him out the entire movie. If Harry and Marv were just cat burglars, the second you try to walk into that house and you burn your hand, you're done. You're done. Also, there has to be something that recognizes and recognizes here. You don't want to get caught. If you get caught breaking into house, breaking into houses and stealing jewelry and china and all that stuff, you'll go to prison. If you get caught trying to kill eight-year-old children, do you know what happens to you? Because they were paid to kill them. Merry Christmas. 855-2124-CBS. Uh, I want to get this in before we move to Drew Brees. Uh, Junior Johnson was one of the best ever. Junior Johnson died yesterday at the age of 88. Now, I'll make this short and sweet. I know not a lot of people are motorsports fans. We talked about a movie earlier today. I couldn't believe it. One of John Breach's favorite movies, his favorite Christmas movie, and I didn't even mean to ask him. I'm not asking that. I'm not trying to do the the hacky diehard thing. And, in fact, I might give myself a champion's pose on Christmas Eve because I'm almost there where we didn't do any hacky radio bit about diehard. I asked John Breach, he brought up Love Actually. I've never seen the movie. I probably never will. Another movie you want to see, and there are some corny parts in it. I'm not saying there isn't. You want to go see Last American Hero. 1975, I want to say. Might even be earlier than that. It's a fantastic movie. And what it is, is basically the biography. It's not a biopic, but it's basically the story of a guy named Junior Johnson. If you don't know who Junior Johnson is, look up this movie. Read about Junior Johnson. You get to do it. What'd you say there, uh, 1973. Tom? 1973. 1973. I was close. And this is a great movie. And it's got great actors in it. This is some good stuff. This is Jeff Bridges. I know everybody goes to Big Lebowski and they think that's the first movie. It's not. He's fabulous in this. And it's the story of what America was and what America still is and what American can still always be. Junior Johnson was a man from the backwoods. Who sold, who made and sold moonshine, who decided to not turn in his own father and did prison time, who really was turned in by his own father, and then went on with his smarts that he learned himself, with the ingenuity that he knew himself, with just his own brilliant genius that he was born with and tapped into, made himself a motor racing giant. American motorsport, worldwide motorsport, not just talking NASCAR, F1. NHRA, to Australian supercars, V8 supercars, to British touring car series is not what it is without the outlook, without the genius of a man like Junior Johnson. What makes Junior Johnson special, or what made him special now, is his smarts, again that ingenuity, how to run a team, his loyalty, and his story. 
A guy who comes from the backwoods, goes to prison for making moonshine, eventually is pardoned, I believe, by President Reagan. A man who got out and became a NASCAR champion, a championship driver and a championship owner. A man who, again, knew how to run a business and knew how to do what was right. Who went from those meager beginnings to a titan in an industry is the definition of what is possible, what then and still is, even though the circumstances have certainly changed, but was possible and still is in our fine country. The man is an American icon. He's a racing legend. Motorsports is going to miss Junior Johnson like crazy. I move on to another legend. A man who I think is maybe the most underrated quarterback in NFL history. And I use it on six criteria that I thought of the other day, and I wrote it down immediately because I didn't want to forget it. When I saw Drew Brees get the most touchdowns, when I saw Drew Brees get the most passing yards, I marvel to see the Super Bowl, the accolades, the love that's there for Drew Brees, and no MVP. And I also marvel to believe that we could ever have a top 10 list without Drew Brees. He has to be in there. Somewhere in there. But I do think over time, because we'll do the same thing in the Hall of Fame with, that we've done with wide receivers, I think we'll do it with, with quarterbacks. If I look at Matt Stafford's stats right now, real quick, if I extrapolate those stats out, now it might change because he was hurt most of this year, but as of last year, I extrapolated his stats out for the rest of his quote-unquote career. If he were to play eight more years after a decade in, he would end up with 68,000 passing yards. He'd be top five. If he ended up that year at 18 years in, he would end up with over 400 touchdown passes as of right now. If you did it in eight more years, now things will change because there's other quarterbacks with him, but if you were to go eight more years with Matt Stafford, that would put him top 10 in passing touchdowns. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. Matt Stafford's not a Hall of Famer. We'll do this over Phillip Rivers in a handful of years. Is Phillip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Is Phillip Rivers not a Hall of Famer? Championships, I think, are going to be more and more important. I look into the future for Patrick Mahomes. I know these things are hard to win, so... Trust me, it's just a thing I'm saying on the radio. I have to think more about it, but go with me on this. I look into the future of Patrick Mahomes. I see Patrick Mahomes winning multiple championships. I could see Deshaun Watson winning a championship. I could see Lamar Jackson winning one or two championships in a truncated amount of time. He's that good. These things don't fall off trees. you got to go get them. Hell, we always wonder whether or not Tom Brady's done or not. You wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady got a seventh one before he calls it all done. I mean, there's plenty of guys who can go and win multiple championships. If Drew Brees doesn't win in this year, he'll have one title. And I think that that will push him further and further and further back. There will be other guys more present-minded. There will be guys like Patrick Mahomes who, who could end up being the best to ever play the game by the time it's all said and done. And be even better than Tom Brady at some point. That's potential. That's not fact yet, obviously. And if I have those guys, it's going to push Drew Brees further and further away just like it always has for the MVP candidacy. There's been years he's been remarkable, and for the entire year, and he hasn't won. There's always been a quarterback that people have loved more. But Cam Newton's been an MVP. Cam Newton anywhere, ain't anywhere near what Drew Brees has been. So I put it to six criteria of why I think that he is the most underrated quarterback in NFL history. First, I look with the team. The team was garbage before, before Drew Brees got there. I look at the organization. People question, and this is a tough thing to say because people don't want to remember pre-Katrina, but it's true. People thought very little of Tom Benson as an owner, and I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, 
but people thought very, very little of Tom Benson as an owner and were always worried he was getting ready to move that team. I look at the coach that he's been with the entire time. Usually with a great quarterback, you have a great coach. They don't like to separate from each other. But there was a year that he was separated from him. When Sean Payton had to be out of the league for a year because of the suspension, Drew Brees had to hold down the fort. That is the quintessential fact of leadership. That's Drew Brees. When one of the best coaches in the league, forget everything I say or save everything I said about the NFC Championship game last year, Sean Payton's still one of the best coaches in football. Without Sean Payton, he kept him afloat. He gave him another shot into the future to keep everything together, to keep ownership aboard, to keep everybody calmed down, and then move into the future and give themselves yet another chance to do tremendous things again. The city of New Orleans, it goes without saying what I've talked about with Katrina already. A question of whether or not that team was going to be there, it's not even about the team. They need a hero. They find one in Drew Brees. A man who represents more than sports, who represents togetherness, who represents community. The league, he's a guy you could put on any cereal box. He's noticeable. He's recognizable. He's one of the fine people in the NFL. You know you can trust him to be a good person for your league and be a fine representative. And then the history. The history of what he's done. The history of what the organization is. How this all wraps together. Because when Katrina hits, there were people around the league looking from a football sense. This is what gives Tom Benson the ammo to head over to San Antonio. The stadium's messed up. The situation is dire. Economics have been messed up because of this mess, because of this catastrophe. It's going to take a long time to rebuild. Drew Brees, keep, or Drew Brees keeps that thing together. Without Drew Brees, do we have a New Orleans Saints? I don't know if we do. Do we have some of the greatness that we've seen? We have one less person who's a great representative and an ambassador for the league that needs great people like that. I see a guy who's maybe the most underrated NFL quarterback ever and will continue to be. Big thanks to everybody who joined us. Big thanks to my guys in New York. The great Gresh is next. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, friends. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 